Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 295. There's really no healthy candle out there. So I was like, let me just try and see if it's something that people would be interested in. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there. Welcome to this week's show and full on holiday season. Hanukkah starts Thursday night and Christmas is only 18 days away. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? I know from experience how busy you are. So I personally want to take this time and thank you for all your hard work in managing through making all of your product, the sales, packaging, and shipping so that we can have a festive season and enjoy all the wonderful gifts that you've made possible for us to give and receive. Today, I have the perfect product biz that fits right into our season of holidays, and it's one of my favorites. Bet you can guess. Candles! (laughs) We get to go behind the scenes to shed light on the startup and growth of a young business. Dasha talks about mindset and how she had to manage her thoughts because they could have prevented her from moving forward. She's now just over two years in business and on a path of solid development and growth. She takes it from the top and tells us how she identified an opportunity, and then step by step, the way she got started, brought in her first sales, made adjustments through the pandemic, and where she's going from here. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dasha Kosovan of Wellness by Ari. In early 2018, Ari Candles began from a desire to create not just a candle, but something that will purify and benefit the atmosphere and air quality of your home. The idea was ignited after burning a candle that was received as a gift and seeing black residue in Dasha's kids' noses after burning the candle. That's when she said never again and began working on creating a candle that would not only be pleasant to burn, but also beneficial. Dasha is now the owner and founder of Wellness by Ari. They pour 100% beeswax candles combined with aromatherapy essential oils. And we are going to get under the whole story of the development of her business right now. Dasha, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you, Sue, for having me. I am so excited. And candles, anyone who's been following me knows that that is my thing. (laughs) (laughs) So that our listeners can get to know you in a little bit of a different way. If you were to create a candle that was all about you, what would your motivational candle look like? Okay, well, if you look at our candles, you kind of see our candles are yellow. They've got a honeycomb pattern and they're made out of beeswax. And the reason for that is because we wanted the purest ingredients in our candles. We were just fed up with all the toxins and all the nasty stuff that we found in candles. And we wanted to create something that was natural and pure. And that's what the yellow beeswax is for. We wanted to just get something that's clean for the air and for the family created with our candle. 
Do you have a motivational quote that would go on your candle? We actually have a Bible verse that's on our candle. We did Romans 5, 8 on our candle and it says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And that's a quote that's very personal to me and my family. And so we wanted to include that on our candles. Beautiful. And do you actually include that on your candles? We do. We put it on the bottom of our label and also on our postcards. Oh, wow. So not only are your candles yellow, because that's my favorite color and my brand color, (laughs) but also (laughs) candles, which is a product I love, and you have a motivational quote. We are like already linked together perfectly. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) All right. So your business is still relatively new. I am so excited to talk about that because so often we're talking to people whose businesses are much further along and they have to go back and really reflect. And I'm feeling, Dasha, like you're still in the middle of growing the business, but you've done so well so far. Talk to us a little bit. And so it's just a couple of years ago, I guess you're saying, but how did you get this idea? Apart from what I said in the intro, like what built up to you starting your own business? The more research I did about wax and just the ingredients that go into candles, the more I fell in love with beeswax. The goal was just to create something for me and my family to burn in the house so that I could feel 100% confident and okay with burning something in the house. And then the more research I did and the more I dug in deeper, the more I was encouraged to create something that I could offer to the world as well. Just the more that I played around with it, the more I was like, okay, I really want to get it out there so that people can burn these candles in their houses as well and just enjoy them as much as we do. So you were doing this on the side. Were you working somewhere else at the time? No. So I was a stay-at-home mom. I have three kids. At the time, I had two kids, three-year-old and a newborn. (laughs) Okay. This is where, I mean, young children, their bodies are still developing. And all of a sudden, you see black in their noses from candles that you were burning. I wouldn't even say it was as much a hobby as you were just deciding this is not going to do for my family. (laughs) Yeah. And so you started testing and experimenting for your own use. Would you call it a hobby or was it a necessity because you just have to live with candles like I do? Both. (laughs) So we didn't burn candles for a while and then we actually had a power outage and we didn't have flashlights for some reason (laughs) or candles. So we had no light except like our phone lights. And I was like, oh, this sucks. So I was like, let me just create something, some kind of candle for us. So I I actually started with like oil candles, just pure oil candle, but that created way too much smoke. And I was like, no. So that's when I started doing the beeswax candles, just because for that reason, I was like, we don't have anything to burn in case of an emergency. (laughs) And look at what this grew into from there. That's crazy. When you were identifying the beeswax that would work and actually how to make a candle, because it sounds like you'd never even done that before. So you're going through and it's really easy and calm because you're doing it as a hobby. We'll just call it a hobby. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you till you actually landed on what you felt was your perfect formula for your family candles? It probably was like an experiment for over a year because beeswax is really hard to work with. And there's just so much out there. I was at zero when I started. Like I had no knowledge about candles, about things that were in it, like nothing. When I just started, I started from wax. What should I use? When I first made a candle, that was made out of like oil, just like a lamp oil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First thing I ever did. And then I read about that and I was like, okay, I actually don't want to burn this in the house. It was a slow process because I was just doing it for us. So there was no rush. So I narrowed down to, I don't want paraffin because I know that's really bad. It was between soy and beeswax. I mean, just from more research, I landed on beeswax because it's more friendly to the environment and it's safer and it's natural. I mean, the bees make it. 
Well, and it's not just the wax. You also have the wick to look at. Yes. So you have a couple of things going on. And I like that you say, well, you know, I didn't know. I started from the beginning and you just started educating yourself and experimenting and seeing what you liked and creating from scratch. Were you feeling like you had to look at what other people were doing or did you stay just self-focused on what you were doing with your results? I was just focusing on what I was doing because I had no idea that I would be selling them. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to find the purest ingredients for this so that when I would burn it, I knew it was safe for my kids. I was hoping that you would say that because I think a lot of times people who want to start creating something feel like there's only one way to do it. And so the way to do it is to look at others and then you get a similar product to what other people already have versus creating something that obviously there are lots of different types of candles, but yours is very unique because you created it without taking any influence from anybody else. Mm -hmm. I do have to ask you, at that point you had two children at home? Yes. Where'd you find the time to do this experimentation? (laughs) When they slept. I still actually work early mornings, like 3 or 4 a.m. is when I wake up to work. (laughs) I had to do it when they were sleeping. Because that's when I wanted to be fully into it, not like sidetracked or anything. I wanted to just dig in on my own time with no interruptions. And I still do that. Did you say 3 or 4 a.m. to start working? Yeah, that's when I wake up is 3 or 4 a.m. to work. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, Gift Biz listeners, we are not interviewing at 3 or 4 a.m. I will tell you that. (laughs) It's a little bit later in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, my kids are at the park right now, so... (laughs) Okay, so you found something that you liked and you must have liked just the whole process of creating candles then to even start thinking about it being a business. Talk to us a little bit about that transition because you were just doing it for your family. And then what made you start thinking differently and expanding the candle line? So once I narrowed it down to like the wax I wanted and how I wanted to scent them, I loved them. And then I started sharing it with some of our family and friends and they loved it too. And I was like, maybe I should try to sell these. At that time, I couldn't find any beeswax candles that were scented with essential oils. So I was like, there's really no healthy candle out there. So I was like, let me just try and see if it's something that people would be interested in. And so that's when I was like, okay, well, let's just try it. And so by trying it, you were sharing it also with friends and family to get their reaction? Yeah. I had a lot of friends. I just would give it to them and I'm like, try it and just give me your honest opinion. If it sucks, like tell me, hey, it sucks. Like I don't really like it. Mm -hmm. But the feedback I got was very positive. A lot of people loved it. And everybody was just happy with the fact that they know exactly what's in the candle. And they were confident that if it's safe and it's good for them to burn it in their house. Got it. And the point that when you blow it out because you're done with it for the time, it doesn't smoke up. It still gives a little smoke when you blow it out, but it doesn't release any soot as it burns. Okay, got it. Your friends and family are saying, yeah, Dasha, these are great candles. Make me a hundred. So I have them all. (laughs) (laughs) What was the first step then to formally starting your business? And it started as Ari Candles, right? Yes, it started as Ari Candles and it was named after my daughter. My daughter's name is Ariella. Okay. Well, if I open up a business, I only have one daughter still. I have two boys and a daughter. And I was like, I want to have something where as the kids grow, they could kind of take over possibly in the future if they wanted to. So I was like, I want to name it after her. That way, as she gets older, I can gift her the business and she can take over. 
So that's how we came up with the name, was just naming it after her. We wanted it to just be Ari Candles, but there's so many different construction companies with the name Ari. And I was like, that's kind of weird. So we can't just have like Ari on there. So then we just did Wellness by Ari. Okay. So did you change it before you actually even formally registered the business? Yeah, because you have to go through the process of seeing if the name's available and all that stuff. And so we had to change that before we started all the paperwork and all the legal stuff. Excellent point here, because had you just gone with Ari Candles and just said, okay, maybe you're not going to do the legal part quite yet, Mm -hmm. but you're going to go and get your Facebook page or your Instagram page, like whatever. It's better to make sure that you can get the formal name and check out everything all at once and then put it all together right away. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like if you're starting something before you create a Facebook page, a label, anything, like you have to make sure that it's not taken because then it's so much more work and finances. Like you have to spend so much to try to redo everything that you already did. And it's really confusing for people too. So if you were to start, let's just call it Wellness by Ari. So you register your name, but then you're not able to get the Facebook page or the Instagram page or any of that. It gets confusing for people too, Mm -hmm. to be able to find you. It's so much easier when you can just say, we're Wellness by Ari everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So much easier. Give this listeners, if any of you are in this situation where you have social media sites that are different from your name because you've changed your business along the way, you can go back and change Facebook pages as long as the page is available. Just a little side note there. What entity did you register Wellness by Ari? Just an LLC. An LLC. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I always suggest that just because of the coverage that Mm -hmm. you get on protection with an LLC. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you formalized the whole business. Now you have to go find customers. Talk us through that. Everything was such a slow process. It was all so new to me. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Like everybody though, how did you feel at that time not knowing what you were doing? Did you just decide... What were you saying to yourself? I'll just figure it out or I hope this works. Going in when I just started, I wanted to start debt free. Before I put any more money into it, I was doing side jobs to save up to pay along the way because I didn't want any debt. (laughs) Because I was like, if anything happens where it's not successful, I don't want to lose money. And I didn't want to lose money that my husband was bringing into the house. I'm going to work side jobs and save up slowly. So as I go, I can have everything covered. That way, I'm not starting out in the negative. You know, I did the same thing. I've had three of my own businesses. Two of them are still up and running. And I did it the same way. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have the money already, I might have grown a little bit slower, but I was never in debt and never have been at all. And I just feel like it's so much easier and less stressful because growing a business is already stressful. If you can just eliminate one of the, especially the financial, which could be the most stressful, Mm -hmm. it's so much better. Yeah. I love hearing that you did it the same way. Would you say that it made you grow slower? For sure. I mean, I couldn't afford to buy all the stuff at once. So I had to take it like as I got paid is when I would invest in equipment and invest in like beeswax and everything else. It was just really slow. Like as I worked, then I bought and then it was much slower than if I just had a sum of money that I got a loan for and got everything all at once. But it was also a good thing because I took it slow. I was able to do more research. I didn't rush into anything. Well, you're only two years in. Yeah. Or a little over two years in. So it's not like it's a decade of waiting to be able to finance something. What types of things can you share with us? What were the first purchases that you made to start growing the business? And how did that balance with the inventory you needed to make the product? The first largest purchase I made was the jars and the lids. 
and then the beeswax. Those were the most expensive things I got <laughs> that I spent on. Well, and the essential oils, those things are really expensive as well. But those were the first large purchases that I made and invested in. And I was like, I'm not buying any more until all of them are sold out. This is another place where I see people putting all of their money into inventory before they actually see that what they're making is going to continue moving. You got validation already with your family and friends, but now you have to get validation with strangers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you did that. And then what about equipment or things like websites and all that? Websites, we actually started creating the website by ourselves. My husband helped me. And then we got stuck at one point, I think right before we launched the business, December of 2018, we're like, okay, well, we have no idea how to get payments through or any of that. Then I had to reach out to somebody to kind of help finalize that. So we opened the business December 2018 is when it finally launched. Prior to that was all starting it. Like before we launched everything, we had to make sure that we could receive payments and shipping and all of that stuff was figured out as well. Because you were only online at that point. Yeah, we didn't have anybody carrying our candles yet. And so tell us a little bit more about your website. What platform is it on? First, we did WordPress, and then we got our payments through Shopify, and then we just transitioned everything to Shopify. One thing that I would actually encourage listeners to do if you're starting a business is find a platform where you're going to go through with payments and then do your website. Because I had to redo a lot of my website stuff to fit into Shopify versus if I just started from blank, it would have been so much easier <laughs> to just go ahead and do it all there at once. Well, WordPress, as you saw, can be a beast. I have one business on WordPress and one business on Shopify. I think Shopify definitely is the way to go for product-based business, for sure. Yeah. And they have all the integrations that you need. Yeah. With shopping carts and shipping and all of that. So you reached out for help when you just couldn't figure it out anymore. Another good thing, I think, especially because we're makers, we want to figure everything out by ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you get stuck and then you don't do anything. Yeah. So you reached out. Was it somebody that you already knew or how did you find someone to help you? No, I didn't. I looked and it was so expensive to find somebody that would do the website for me. And then I found a friend who does photography and she had a website and I asked her, I'm like, hey, can you recommend anybody? And she actually recommended me a person who was in United Kingdom. And I reached out to him and he did everything for me. Perfect. And it's up and running and it's beautiful. And if this listeners, you can see it over in the show notes. There are two different ways I would say to get started at this point when you formally created your business and you're ready to go out and sell. And one is face to face with craft shows. And I don't know if you knew something we didn't know <laughs> by going online right away. Obviously, now with the pandemic, a lot of people had to create online platforms if they didn't have them already. You decided right away to go e-commerce versus showing locally at craft shows, et cetera. Why did you make that decision? If I went to somebody and I was like, hey, I'm making these candles, would you be interested in carrying them in your shop? For them to be able to go to my website and read about us and look at our candles. I wanted something where people could go and look at it for themselves in their own time. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have that. If anything, I wanted to have a professional email and a website. That way, somebody always had something to go back to and look at versus just having my business card. Well, yeah, and it establishes a certain level of credibility, I'd say, too, mm -hmm. as well as people being able to buy directly off the site. Yeah. All right. So the website goes up. You jumped over that hurdle, found someone to help you. You got the website up. So everything is set to go. How did you start finding your first customers? I started doing a lot of pop-up shows. I just went on Facebook, on Instagram, and then that's when I started looking at other businesses, people, makers, like earrings, other candle makers, just all kinds of different makers. And I started kind of looking where they do pop-ups because I knew I had to meet people face-to-face. -face. 
So I started following different makers and just kind of educating myself on what's out there and what's available. So that's where I got some ideas where to apply for pop-ups. So the first year of our business was strictly pop-ups. That's where I made most of my sales. I made very little sales online. The majority of the sales I made were in person on pop-ups. And then those people that found me on pop-ups, they were the ones that were coming back and purchasing through the website. Okay, wonderful. And those are quicker sales too. Mm -hmm. They see you, they're able to look at the candle. You're able to get feedback from them in terms of what their observations are, Mm -hmm. which sizes are going faster or like the pillars versus jars, you know, whatever. If you could close your eyes or we could close our eyes, can you describe to us what your pop-up looked like in terms of how you displayed your candles? Yeah, my very first pop-up, it was just a table. It was me and my daughter. It was in November, right before we launched the online store. We found a pop-up my sister-in-law mentioned to me, and it was like November, right before Thanksgiving. It was just a table. We had just some little shelving things we put on the table to kind of display the candles, business cards, boxes, and just me and my daughter sitting there, and that's it. Nothing intense. No tint, nothing (laughs) was our very first pop-up. Oh my gosh. Well, it had to be so fun for Ari to be there and watch. Oh yeah. And be part of it, given that her name, (laughs) she inspired the whole name of the business. Mm -hmm. Can you still see your first sale? The very first stranger that actually bought a candle? Yeah, I remember we were sitting down and like a lot of people will pass by and then the first customer that came and they were sniffing and they were giving us feedback, like what they think about smells and stuff. And The first transaction we did, the person left and we're like high-fiving and hugging and like almost crying from excitement. Like we made our first ever sale, like (laughs) celebrating. It's so exciting, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, we were both very, very excited. And we had a great day. It was funny because she was like four and she was like, oh, why didn't this person buy it? Or they said they're going to come back and they didn't come back. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, we're just out here to meet people. We went in anticipating not to have any sales. That way we don't have any disappointments. Like we went in, we're like, even if we don't make any sales, we got our business card out there. We got our name out there. Oh my gosh, how exciting. And what a treasure being able to share this experience with her too. Yeah. She's learning business from a young age. It's so great. I want to point out that you had a table only. That didn't stop Mm -hmm. you. You didn't have this big display created yet. It was just the table and you still saw success. Did you sell more than just one candle at that pop-up? Yeah, I think we sold like 30 candles, which was huge for us. That was our first ever. (laughs) And so how did your pop-up experience continue to evolve? As I saw pop-up opportunities come up, I just started following a lot of pop-up places. And as they were like opening up applications for the pop-ups, I was just applying everywhere. A lot of them you have to pay for the application and pay for the spot. And that's an investment I had to do as well. What were the ranges you were seeing? The cheapest one was like $20, I think. And the most expensive one I did was Girl Tribe. I think that one was like 200 bucks, but worth it. It's still not bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Nope. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. And how did your display evolve? I would slowly, as I had income coming in, I would slowly purchase more things. And I purchased a tent. Then I invested in getting a backdrop of all of the information about our candles. That way, as people are looking, they kind of have something behind us to read as well. So just slowly buying more stuff to add to the table and give it a nice design and look to attract people. And that's where you're at today. Yeah. Like we have a backdrop. We have tablecloth with our logo on there. We have a bunch of signs and we have everything for a successful tent, I guess you would say. And do you think you'll continue that once you're able to again? Possibly. Our sales this year has been an incredible year with online sales. We have done no pop-ups starting January 1st. And it's been a great year because I have little ones. I don't know if I'll do pop-ups next year either. Maybe a couple, but we'll see. 
pop-ups now, unfortunately, some people are still doing craft shows, but let's just say for you, as you just mentioned, pop-ups aren't something that you're doing at this point. How are you getting sales now from January forward? How have you seen sales coming in? Is it one-to-one consumer purchases? I also created an Etsy account Okay. after I created our website. It didn't have sales for a long time, but I didn't really do anything special to it. I just put up listings and that's it. And I had to learn how Etsy works as well. Everything about Etsy I had to learn. So I slowly was growing my Etsy shop as well, trying to get sales on there. And I was going to local stores. I was going to as many as I could find, just bringing them a sample candle and saying, hey, like, would you mind carrying our candles in your store and doing consignment or wholesale, whatever. I would try to go to as many local stores as well to try to get our stuff in there. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about that. Your business model then was both direct to consumer. And then if you're able to sell wholesale, then other people can be stocking your candles as well. Yep. Okay, so mindset about going in to a business that you don't know with your candles. What did you do and how did it go? I was a nervous wreck. (laughs) I hate sales, (laughs) which is hilarious because I started a business. (laughs) But you did it. Mm -hmm. What did you say to yourself? Because I think this is such a stalling point for people. What did you say to yourself to get yourself to actually take action and do it? Oh, my gosh. This is a point where I could see so many of you who are listening say, nope, I'm not going this route. I'm not going to do it. So I'm really excited for you to hear what Dasha did to push herself to go into those stores to get wholesale placement. You already heard she doesn't like to sell. Her way of managing this is coming up right after a short break. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How, you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. I was like, okay, well, there's no going back. I already invested money and time into this business. I've always looked at it as there's no going back. Like you're not quitting ever. You started it, you're continuing. And so I just had to keep pushing myself. Okay, I want to grow the business. Online sales aren't happening right now. So I was only doing pop-ups and I'm like, I want to get into stores. I was like, well, as much as you don't want to meet people and talk to them about your stuff, you have to do it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to bring a sample to them because most people, they're going to like it if you bring them a sample to try so they know exactly what they're going to be selling. So I would take them a sample and email them, call them, harass them a little. Sometimes I would write them like, yeah, we'll get back to you. And I'm like, okay, it's been like two weeks. So I'm like, hey, just wanted to see. (laughs) So I kept calling them, like trying to get my foot in the door. Good for you because most people won't do that. So good for you for following up in that way. Yeah, there's some companies I had to reach out like four or five times. And I was like, I am so harassing them, but I really want them to carry my stuff. So I just kept reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. And then they're like, okay, like, come on in. And then I would come in and meet them. Some people were like, no, this is just not something that we think would sell in the store or things like that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's perfectly fine. And then I would meet with other places that are like, yeah, let's give it a try. 
there's so many opportunities. I didn't have an idea of where the company was going to go. If I'm going to only do online sales or sell in stores or wholesale. So I just had all of those open. I was like, I'm just going to try everything and see what happens. And I'm really glad that you brought up the fact that there were some people who just said no. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you felt, but I appreciate no's if it's a true no. Because sometimes people say no on the surface. But if you've contacted them a couple of times, they've seen it. They've just decided it's not going to be a fit. They don't. And maybe they like it. They just don't have the space right now Mm -hmm. either. But a no then means, okay, now I'm going to go look for another opportunity elsewhere. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean a no that every single store will never want your candle. (laughs) It just means the one. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that to hear that you did experience some people who took a pass on the product. And then you just went and found others. Yeah. How did you think through your pricing before you went in to talk wholesale? That's something that I reached out to some people because I didn't really know much about wholesale. I had a few people that I knew that worked in sales and I just reached out to them. I told them, listen, this is how much it costs me to make this item. This is how much I'm selling it. I have no idea of anything about wholesale. I did a little research. I still was not understanding it. And that's something that people should feel free about is don't be scared to reach out to people for help. I reached out to a bunch of people and I'm like, hey, I need help. I have no idea about wholesale. What would you suggest? This is how much it costs. This is how much I sell. Like, what would you suggest the price be? And they would tell me how much it would be and why. And I got like four or five different opinions from people. And that's how I came up with my wholesale price. Okay. And how is it all working for you? It's working out great. We don't have too many wholesale accounts, but we have at least four or five, which is great for a company that's only going to be turning two in December. Well, not only that, there are a lot of retailers who aren't open Mm -hmm. or they're limited in terms of being open. So the potential to buy more or pick up more lines, they're probably saying, let's wait and see how all of this plays out before we take on more. Yeah. Even with consignment. Yeah. Same thing. And so it's a whole different ballgame wholesale. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's so much better. I mean, they buy your stuff and you're done. You get paid, you're done with it. Are they paying you up front or are they on terms? No, they're paying up front. Wonderful. And you set it up that way. Yeah. If you're buying wholesale, then you pay up front and you have the inventory and you do with it as you please. You sell it for however much you please. With consignment, I bring my stuff in and I constantly restock and I get paid as they sell. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about the production end, because now you've got consistent purchases coming in, especially because you have wholesale, because they're going to have to restock their orders. So they continue having product in the store. You do have people buying online as well, right? Yes. How are you balancing now production with the rest of your life? Three children. That was one of the biggest challenges was learning to find time for family and find time for business. Because at first I was like trying to do everything at once. And I felt like I was going to go crazy (laughs) because I wasn't Mm -hmm. like giving any time to my children. And I'm like, okay, my children are my priority. This is a side thing. And I had to constantly remind myself that because as I initially tried to sell, I was like, okay, my priorities are my children because I stay at home. Finally, a few months after like trying to just scramble everything at once, I was like, I have to do this when they're sleeping. So I would either do it when the kids go to sleep is when I would work for two or three hours, whether that's at night or whether that's early morning. And that's what I've had to keep doing is working as just making separate time to work. You have specific times or because we know children's schedules start to change as they continue to grow and all that. How many hours a day are you putting into your business? Three to four hours a day. That's all? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Are you at all getting to a point where you're considering bringing somebody in to help? Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually at the point where I asked somebody to help me with the small things that they could take a home, like prepping the wicks and stuff like that, getting to the point where I'm like, I either have to wake up even earlier 
but which is not an option. I mean, I have to get sleep. So I'm like, I'm going to have to get some help, especially during this holiday season. I might have to have somebody come in and either help package up orders or something. So I am at the point where I'm going to have to get one helper. Good for you. And you're already thinking of what the tasks are that they can do, Mm -hmm. which is perfect. Yeah. Because you don't want to get to the point like, what if someone has a huge wholesale order for you? Yeah. (laughs) You want to make sure that you'll be able to do it. So that's wonderful. What about the back of the shop stuff in terms of bookkeeping and all that fun stuff? That's been a very easy thing for me, probably because I've always loved keeping track of finances and stuff. I don't know why, but that's always been an interest of mine. But I use an app that's been wonderful, and it's free. It's called Wave, Wave Apps. It's kind of like QuickBooks, similar, but it's free. It's got an app. You take pictures of your receipts and put everything in, and it kind of keeps track of everything for you, which has been a huge help for both of our, like my husband's business and my business. It's been a huge help. That's what I use for accounting and everything else is that app. Wonderful. I'm going to connect that up in the show notes. So it's called Wave Apps. Mm -hmm. Wave Apps. Okay. And so you take a picture and then do you have to choose a category in terms of what this is? Mm -hmm. And you can customize it. Like if they don't have the, let's say like merchant services or like shipping labels or something, you can always input a category for whatever you need it to be. And then my husband's stuff and my business's stuff. So we have three different accounts with them. It's all one account, but like you can have three different, I don't know what you want to call it. You're right. Your account, but it's broken into three different sections for Three different types of income analysis, if you will. Yeah. And it takes into account all of the finances of your business. So also when you're doing shipping on product and when you're buying promotional stuff or ingredients, of course, all of that. Yeah, it's a very helpful tool. Are there any other apps that you're using to run the business or systems that you would recommend? For accounting, just that. Let's talk a little bit about photography because I have taken a look at your site and your photos are beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Tell me you're taking them from your phone. Some. Okay, good. Some, yes. I want to say the ones that look least professional are the ones that I take. <laughs> I'm not a good Oh, now. <laughs> Give yourself a little more credit than that. <laughs> Before I launched the website, I found a girl who took some pictures for me because I try to take some pictures and I'm like, these just don't look too good. I did find a girl who took some pictures of like just the basic ones you see up front are the ones that I had professionally done. A girl did it for me before we launched the website. And then as we went, I take pictures on my phone. I don't have a camera or anything, just the phone. I just use the phone for all the other pictures. And I think we can. I mean, it's so exciting these days because the phone camera resolution can result in beautiful pictures and all the editing capabilities that are available, all of that. You really don't need a camera. And I often encouraged our customers to share pictures with us too. So I was able to use their pictures like, hey, thanks, blah, 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 for sharing this picture with us. And I was able to use our customers' pictures as well. (laughs) Wonderful. Let's dive into that a little bit. How were you asking them to share through social media or tell us the whole system? At pop-ups, if they made an order, I would always tell them like, hey, we love to hear back from you. So if you could take a picture and share it with us on social media and tag us. I would tell them that or if like we had an order come in through the website, I always write a personal note, which is a huge thing for people. I love personal notes, write their name and thank them for supporting our small business. And then I would encourage them to leave us a review and to share pictures with us and to tag us um, to try to get as much interaction with our customers as we can. And so were you doing a personal note through a message or actually writing a note? And sending it to them? Both. I would send a message after the order came through, just thanking them. Like I just came up with a message thanking them and 
blah, blah, blah. And then I would write a note on the packing order slip as well. Oh, okay, perfect. So to include with the product when you ship the product out. Yeah. Okay, got it. The holidays are approaching. As of air date right now, if you're listening live, the holidays are only a few weeks away. What types of things have you planned to attract customers and have them purchase as holiday gifts? We're about to release our Christmas scents, and then we are creating two more Christmas scents. And I'm going to be making, I guess you would say, like a little gift box. So if people wanted to buy gifts, it would come packaged up in a gift box and very nicely placed inside. And we're going to be doing a DIY kit for a little candle as well that we're going to be introducing for the holidays. So just try to get as much like gift ideas for customers as we can. Got it. Okay, so while people are listening here, this is the first week of December. So can you share with us what those holiday scents are, the new scents? Right now we have Christmas tree and frozen forest available. We're also going to introduce possibly eggnog and gingerbread, but still working on the scents. We're still sniffing them, (laughs) but we have probably six or seven to narrow down to two. But they're all like wintry, Christmas tree type scents that we're going to introduce. Not sure of the names yet, but there's a couple that smell really good. Mm, I'm closing my eyes and smelling them right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because Christmas morning. Yeah, like holidays for sure, like Mm -hmm. all about candles. Well, I'm all about candles year round. So are they going to be yellow also? Is everything always yellow? Everything is always yellow. We don't buy bleached beeswax comes from beekeepers in the U.S. We don't buy any from outside of the U.S. So all of our beeswax comes from the U.S. and they're all just pure yellow. You can naturally get it lighter by putting it in the sun. It won't be fully white, but it'll be like a beige color. But we don't do that. We love the yellow. It's just beautiful. And it smells just like honey. So we keep it as pure and natural as we can. Did you have any trouble sourcing that? At first, I did. When I was still in the experimenting stage, I actually ordered some beeswax from online. I didn't even look where it came from. I just ordered it. And when I got it, I'm like, this doesn't even smell like honey. And I was like, what in the world? So I I did some research and I realized a lot of it was bleached. I'm like, well, that sucks. I want to take benefit of what beeswax does for us. So then I started looking on Etsy, trying to find local. And it was so hard to find somebody in North Carolina. And I still can't find anybody in North Carolina to produce enough wax for me. So I found a beekeeper in Florida and she sent me some wax and it was just beautiful. And it smelled like you opened up a jar of honey. And I was like, that is a huge difference. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm only buying from like local. I mean, that's not local, local, but it's still in the U.S. It was a huge difference. So a lot of places I've looked even now, like you'll see beeswax candles and they're so much cheaper. And I'm like, wow, how can they get this price? But I mean, they source their beeswax from... I don't know where, China or Africa or somewhere where it's, you can buy it super cheap, but it's just not the same quality. Do you talk about this in your promotion materials? You know, the quality of the beeswax and how it's, some can be different from another and how standards that you require for your beeswax? Not too much. I'm going to have to modify it. I do put in there that we only use beeswax from beekeepers in the U.S., but I haven't put that in there. That's something that I've been learning along the way is that a lot of people use beeswax that's just cheap. The quality is not the same. And I haven't had the time to put that in the website, but I am going to have to put that in so customers are aware. So they're like, oh, why is yours so expensive and these are so cheap? Because there is a huge quality difference. That would be interesting. And, you know, like why are candles always yellow? Yeah. Things like that. There's so many things you could do with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am jumping back to the holiday because something that you said really sparked my curiosity here. And that was your DIY box for the holiday. Mm -hmm. What is that? It's something that I don't know how I got the idea, but I was just saying, I was like, that would be 
because I had a few people ask, like, oh, our kids would love to see how candles are made. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't have you bringing your kids and, like, watching because it's just not safe. And so I was just thinking about that. Like, our kids help because I'm there. But I was like, what can I do just so people could make their own? I got the idea to buy, like, a little votive holder. It's like a little round bubble-looking holder. And I was going to put a wick in there and then send beeswax pellets so they're little tiny pieces of beeswax like round little pieces of beeswax Mm -hmm. people would just literally stick the wick inside themselves fill it up with the pellets and light the candle and it'll melt it you have yourself your own made candle pretty much within seconds yep you almost aren't making you're just putting it all together Mm -hmm. kind of sizing it i love that yeah and you've now turned this into a little gift box type thing yep we're finishing up the design and we're gonna order the boxes soon so we have it ready for the holidays and people can start ordering it. Ooh, I love that. Very cool. As we start to wind down here, what would you say to somebody who's considering starting a business? So take yourself back just two years. And I kept asking you recall through this whole conversation, like what was your mindset or what did you say to yourself to keep going forward? And you've made the comment that you just said, I've come this far, there's no going back. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to someone who keeps stopping themselves? their own worst enemy, if you will. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? If you don't push yourself, you're not going to go anywhere. Nobody's going to do anything for you. You represent your product. Like I created the candles and I represent it. And if I don't work for it, nobody's going to do it for me. And you're only going to have as much success as the amount of work you put in. And don't be afraid to reach out. I reached out to you. (laughs) I've just been reaching out to everyone and everywhere I can get my foot into is what I've been doing. So just keep reaching out. Don't be shy. It's embarrassing and intimidating, but hey, do it. Nobody's going to say, oh, you suck for doing this. Or, you know, like nobody's going to look down on you, but just go out there and don't be scared and just knock on doors. I agree 100%. When I say this, you'll understand what I'm saying, but I'm kind of glad it's hard and intimidating because that means a lot of people won't do it. Mm hmm. So if you can just fight that urge to say, I don't know, I don't know, I'm afraid, I'm going to embarrass myself or like whatever, if you just put that aside and actually take the action, like for you, Dasha, going into the stores or doing the pop-ups, most people won't do it. They'll talk about it and they won't do it. So if you take the action, which is meaning gift biz listeners, you are making more progress than 99% of the people out there. Mm -hmm. And Dasha, you're a perfect example of that. You've come so far in two years. It is so impressive. And you keep going. Like you said, you reached out to me because you're looking to get more visibility, right? You want your candles known. Yeah. Fabulous. What do you see coming in the next couple of years? I definitely want to have a candle workshop. That's like a dream to have. A physical workshop? Yeah. Ooh. Like a physical candle workshop. There has definitely been a lot of growth to where... I'm getting limited to what I can do, but there's so many ideas that I have that I'm like, I just want to do them all at once. And it's so hard to control yourself. I'm like, no, you have to take it a step at a time. Yeah, there's a lot of growth that can be done. Like I want to introduce a lot more scents and a lot of different products, but I have to just take it a step at a time. Hopefully in the next couple of years, I can have a candle workshop. Meaning that there'll be other people who are helping you out. Yeah. It'll be outside of your house at that point. Yeah. And look, you have so much ahead of you. I mean, as the kids continue to grow, at some point they'll be in school. You'll have a different availability of your hours. Yeah. You don't have to do it all at once. Something that I had to learn to like take easy because at first I was like, oh, I'm doing it all at the house. And like, I really want to have a workshop or an area for all this stuff. But then it's like, can you afford it? Like right now, even though we're growing so much, I'm like, I can't allow myself to have that yet. 
you have to have enough growth to be able to have something like that. And it's okay to do it from the house and grow. Give yourself time to grow. It's completely okay. I've seen this a bunch of times where people grow too fast. Mm -hmm. Like they see that something is really moving, their product is going, and then they rent out a retail shop. Mm -hmm. And the overhead and the expense of the retail shop is just too much, and they crumble under that. Yeah. I think that there is a lot to be said for growing slower and steady and pacing. And then it also continues to add excitement to your business. Yeah. People who continue to buy your candles and support you, then they find out that you're developing a workshop and you're adding more sense or, you know, whatever else the workshop is going to bring also helps the longevity of your business, if you will. Mm -hmm. Stability and longevity. Yeah. So Dasha, if you wanted to direct our listeners to one place online where they can learn more about you, see all the candles, continue following you into the future, where would that be? That would be on our website at www.wellnessbyari.com or our Etsy page, which is also Wellness by Ari. Right now, we're introducing a lot more stuff on the Etsy page first versus our website, just because that's where we get our most traffic. So if you want to get the newest releases, that would be on our Etsy shop. Ooh, an insider tip for us. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dasha. It has been so much fun talking to you. You know I already love your product (laughs) by color, by what it is, like the whole thing. And it has been such a joy getting to know your story and uncovering it. And so many of the things that you're doing are great, great examples for our listeners. So I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate your taking the time this morning. I also appreciate that it's not at three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Sue. Shortly after Dasha and I recorded this interview, a present arrived in the mail. It was a beautiful yellow frozen forest scented candle. I got to tell you, it was everything I could do not to open it and burn it right away. But I decided to save it until tomorrow and light it as a special treat on my birthday. Now, I mean, I already know it's going to be amazing because I've lifted the lid and have smelled it. But if you want to see a photo and hear my experience with Dasha's candle, I'll be posting it up to my Instagram account at giftbizunwrapped tomorrow. Make sure to go check it out. Next week, we're covering something you probably have a lot of right now, overwhelm. But the truth is, it isn't just during the holidays that we're challenged to focus on the million and one things we have going on. So I've got an expert coming to our rescue. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. And if you'd like to show support for the podcast and as maybe a little birthday gift, (laughs) please leave a rating and review. That means so much to me and it helps the show get seen by more makers. So it's a great way to pay it forward. And now be safe and well, go back and work on all those holiday orders And I'll see you next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. 
my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 